Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preacher, podcast 157, and it is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. So we have to have a look at these uh, accounts of Jesus' birth, the Christmas story, commonly known as the Christmas story. So we're going to be looking at the the Christmas story today, uh, the one found in Matthew, Matthew's uh, book in the New Testament. And when you hear the story of Jesus' birth, it is one of these accounts where initially you might think to yourself, I don't know what this is saying to me today, or I don't know how to apply this to me. What is God saying to, to me through this account? Because it doesn't, it's, again, like most of the stuff in the scripture, it doesn't always just leap off the page. Uh, but when you start to break the story down and start to look at individual characters in the account, that's where it can open up a little bit. So today, I want to look at Joseph, as in Mary and Joseph. I want to look at Joseph because we can learn a lot from him. Uh, It's not always clear for us what the right decision is, right? It's not always clear what's the right thing to do. Or should I make this change? Should I not make this change? Should I, should I leave my job and start a new one? Or should I just stay put? Should I sell the house? Should I not sell the house? You know, there's so many things that we can wonder about. And it gets even trickier if there are other people involved. Should I stay in this relationship or should I leave? Well, which is actually the the dilemma that Joseph has. Uh, we're going to be looking at him, and and uh, we don't really hear a whole lot about Joseph in the New Testament. I mean, really, the star is Mary. But Joseph, so wise, uh, in the background. We hear a lot about Mary and the shepherds and we hear about the angel announcing the birth of Jesus and we hear about no room in the inn, Jesus born in the stable. Actually, that's all from Luke's account. In Matthew's account, as in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, in Matthew's account, it's a very uh, simple paragraph. There's no... uh, Angels are, you know, announcing the birth of Jesus, singing in the Bethlehem Hills. There's, there's no stable. It's just about a young man and woman who are traveling to Bethlehem. And this is the one who was chosen by God to raise Jesus. Kind of a background character. But Joseph's story gives us many, many things to sort of ponder and think about for ourselves. You know, how he, how he dealt with apparent betrayal, because at the front end of the story, he's absolutely convinced that Mary's been unfaithful. How he dealt with grief, how he dealt with misunderstanding, how he dealt with fear. It's not like 
Joseph's difficulties disappeared after the baby was born. So the way that Matthew tells his account of uh, Jesus' birth is, is that we're dealing with two very ordinary, regular people with all the ups and downs of life. Um, for Matthew, he points out the turmoil and the distress of Joseph. When he finds out that Mary is going to have a child, the child is not his, Matthew points out the turmoil and the distress. Matthew's the one that certainly gives the impression they're very regular people facing extraordinary circumstances. All the ups and downs of family life. Joseph almost didn't marry her. So it's a rough start. But Joseph, yeah, it's interesting because he's known certainly as a kind person. Uh, not perfect, but uh, kind. Nobody's perfect, by, by the way, in, in any of the stories in scripture, no one. Uh, they're regular people who do good things or who do kind things. And uh, Joseph is certainly seen in the Christmas account as a, as a kind person. Now, I know that we all like to see ourselves as, we like to think of ourselves as kind people, right? But it's surprising uh, when we've been, when we feel like we've been betrayed in some way, or when someone turns against us, we might not necessarily be that kind, right? You know, you can view yourself as kind and loving until someone hurts you in some way. Or maybe somebody gossips about you. Or maybe someone stops you from getting what you want, moving ahead in some way. And then you start to think of them as trouble. You might not necessarily be that kind. Uh, so Joseph is kind in spite of being opposed, or certainly what he feels is opposition at the front end of the story. So the story is, is that uh, Mary and Joseph are they're engaged, which was really in those days a contract. They were, it was more than just an engagement. They're practically married, but they're not living in each other's. The woman hasn't left to be in the man's household, which was the custom. So Joseph finds himself engaged to a woman, betrothed is the old word, and he finds out before he marries her that he is, she's, she's not carrying his child. Now, back 2,000 years ago, the laws were, of course, very different in comparison to today. So Joseph has a few choices. He, he could marry her quickly and uh, pretend that the baby's his. Well, he doesn't want to do that. He could uh, divorce her. He decides to do that. Or he could expose her unfaithfulness and have her punished, which was 
an extremely serious offence 2,000 years ago, which could actually be stoned to death, which still happens in some countries today, believe it or not. But Matthew says that Joseph was a righteous man, and that word righteous just means that he, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to do what he believes would be the right thing to do in the eyes of God, not in the eyes of people necessarily. But Matthew tells us that Joseph was a righteous man. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decides to divorce her quietly. Now, that's the kind part there. He's not going to take his revenge. He's not going to make a big fuss. He's not going to have her punished. He's not going to have her shamed. He's just, he just wants out. Just wants out. And so he decides. He makes the decision. Um, that's it. It's over. End of story. She was unfaithful. He does not want to marry her. Which, up to this point, all makes sense. So, the story goes on that Joseph has a dream. Goes to sleep, has this dream. Now, by the way, when he goes to sleep, he's not wondering what he should do. He's not, you know, it's not one of these stories where he's agonizing and seeking God and asking God what to do. He's already decided upon his course of action and he's perfectly clear what he wants to do. He is, it's over, he's going to divorce her. So the fact that he changes his mind here is certainly worth pondering. He goes to sleep, he has this dream, and in the dream, he becomes convinced that God is revealing to him that he needs to change his mind and he needs to go ahead and marry this woman. Now, for most of us, I, th I think this is a pretty fair thing to say. For most of us, it's very difficult for us to change our mind about something when we're pretty convinced we're right. Right? Let's say, for example, you have already decided that someone is untrustworthy, or you have already decided that uh, you don't want to live here, you want to live there, or you want to do this job and not that job. You know, whatever it is, we tend to lock into, once we've made our decision, we tend to lock into it pretty quickly. And it can be on really simple things too. You know how people say things like, oh, well, she's really stubborn, or he's really stubborn. Well, what is that? I mean, isn't that, an, isn't that a lack of ability to change your mind? Isn't that really about when somebody says, oh, you know, they're just so stubborn. Isn't that sort of a rigid disposition in whatever area? I mean, it could be how you bake a cake. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is, right? So Joseph decides he's divorcing her. And yet in this dream, however it comes about, 
he believes that God is speaking to him and urging him. Actually, I'll give you the text. I'll give you the line from the angel in his dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. The child conceived is from God, the angel says. Now, here's the, the bigger... Uh, the. Try not to limit this too much because if you start to think about it in terms of it's about always angels speaking in dreams, I think we've limited the, the text too much. It's not so much about listening to dreams. It could be that. Um, I think the bigger point is, is that God uses all sorts of things to get our attention to help us change our mind. Yeah, it could be a dream. It could be. But it also could be someone in your life who says something. And you have, you're in a conversation, and, and by the end of the conversation, you think, you know what? I think, I think I need to change direction. So God uses all sorts of people and circumstances and challenges and uncertainties to help us shift our thinking. Now, once we shift our thinking, it's going to affect our actions. So this isn't just about Joseph having this dream and this angel talking to him and then he changes his mind. This is about the whole phenomena of being open to another way. Of being, even though you've made your mind up, something is niggling you and you're thinking, you know I don't know, this isn't, it's, I thought, I thought this was sitting well with me, but it's not. I, I think I need to go in another direction. Joseph has this flexibility. Joseph isn't rigid. He's open. And this is a, so necessary. This is such a necessary thing for anyone who's interested in growing emotionally or spiritually. Uh, Joseph's flexible. He's not rigid. He's open. Yes, he can change his mind. Yes, he can change direction. Yes, he can say to himself, you know what? I think I'm misjudged here, but I think I'm getting led another way. I'm going to go another way. And the angel says in his dream, don't be afraid. Go ahead. Go ahead, Maria. Do it. Don't be afraid. What's he afraid of? Who knows? Uh, we don't know for sure what he's afraid of. Um, but I think that when we refuse to change our minds, fear is often underneath everything. I think rigidity and uh, an unwillingness to be flexible... I think there's fear bound up in that somewhere. I think if we look below the surface, the more rigid you are, the more insistent we are, the more controlling we are, I think the more fearful we are. So the angel says, don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid. Don't hesitate. Take that step. Yeah, it's not easy to change your mind. Um, even, even if you firmly believe it's the right thing to do. 
It's really not that easy to change your mind. If you've gone a long time not forgiving someone and then you decide, I'm going to forgive, that's not easy. Or you've been impatient for a long, long, long time with that family member or that work person that causes you so much strife and you think, you know, I've got to change this. That's not easy, is it? It's not easy. Whatever it is we're changing, it's almost like, it's like a mini miracle when we can change. So Joseph's faith moves him to do something. He says, that's it, I'm going to marry you. His faith, or his trust really, faith and trust, trust's a better word. Joseph's trust in God moves him into doing something. And this is when we know we're, we're truly willing to change is when we actually do it. We're not just talking about making changes. We're not just saying, yeah, I believe I should make a change. We're actually going ahead and making the change. Uh, and it can be, it could be anything. You know, you confront when it's your natural tendency to avoid conflict. You've made a change. Or you're generous when it's your natural uh, tendency to be very cautious in that area. Or you stop saying something or you stop doing something that you know ultimately isn't serving you well and it isn't serving anyone else well either. When, when, when our beliefs move into action, that's when we know we're really serious. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily an easy thing to change your mind, but Joseph here, this is, this is what he models. This is what he shows us. He has this capacity to stop. And he can be corrected. I guess today we would say he's not ego-driven. That would be a way of talking about it today. Uh, because he doesn't have to be right, you know? I mean, somebody could have said, yeah, but Joseph, you said for sure that you weren't going to marry this woman. Well, yeah, I did. But you know what? This is another day. And uh, I feel differently about things today. I have some new information today. And I'm changing. I'm revising what I thought. What a great gift Joseph gives us, you know, that reminder that, yes, God, I don't have to always stay rigid. I get to change my mind. I get to do something new. Even if people misunderstand me, by the way, they did misunderstand Joseph. Even if people don't agree with me, uh, they did not agree with Joseph. Uh, yeah, like I said at the front end of this story, it wasn't like everything was, you know, plain sailing after he said yes and after he married and after Jesus was born. Uh, lots of things happened after that that wasn't, you know, that was, it was difficult. But he was true to himself. He was true to, he was true to God, which is the same as being true to yourself, I think. So he's a man of integrity, or as the scripture would say, the old word is, he's a righteous man. He wants to do the right thing. And there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. There's the lesson from Joseph. God, help us to be open enough 
to not have to hold on to things all the time, but be willing to change our minds. Help us to be willing to change our mind and change direction. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.